0: fuck all these social media platforms but hopefully let's let's just hope the Nazis don't go to letterbox Welcome back to Fade to Black a podcast hosted by OMG Studios Philly where we talk about black movies with black people Today we're talking about William Greaves 1968 film Symbio Psychotaxi What is this film about I, 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 I
1: I'm not trying to take the film away from Bill Greaves. You know, it's, it's not merely an experiment. It's an experiment that's culminating in a film. Now, I no, I didn't read the concept of it. Take
0: it easy. What? You crazy. It is not. Uh-huh. You know it. The
1: way to make the script better is to, first of all, drop the euphemisms. You talk real language. For all
0: anybody knows, he's directing this whole
1: scene.
0: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome. Fade to Black Podcasts. It's me again, David Dunnington, your host, co-hosted by, founder of OMG Studios Philly, Sunny B. Rose. Today, you know, we're going to talk about a weird film today that's about, you know, it's about uh, not knowing what's real. <laughs> today we got the homie James Islar. James, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a good day.
0: James, what? Introduce yourself. What do you do?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm James. I'm a photographer, multimedia artist. Uh, I do. I do a bit of everything, but I like to focus on like documentary, but in sort of a surreal aspect. So, like the last project that I like fully came out with was about like interviewing people, talking about their lives, their past, present, futures, while just like playing around with different exposures and things like that to sort of make it like have this dreamlike aspect i love i love doing that kind of stuff
0: and where can people find your stuff just like even if it's on your instagram like where's a place people can find you
1: sure sure, yeah so i'm on instagram uh, uh jc izlar i've uh, got my website jamesislar.com uh twitter's twitter's for my close friends uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll go back on Tumblr. That seems like it's coming back out there. But
0: James, it's funny what you just said about like the you, you know, experimental doc stuff because I I just assumed you'd like this movie, but it seems like it's perfect. Uh, I'm I am how, how, I am six for six for perfect picks for these guests. James, describe what we watched and what we're going to talk about
1: you were spot on uh because as soon as as soon as i read like the description for this movie i was i was fully in so uh i want to say i hope I, I hope i say the name right it's symbo Psychotaxiplasm. close symbio symbio psychotaxiplasm yes uh how do i describe this movie so essentially the way i've been describing it to my friends is that you have these three different film crews you have the main crew it's filming these scenes, just the scenes from a relationship falling apart. You know, your simple thing. Uh, and then you have another film crew filming that film crew uh, filming this scene. Then you have a third film crew that's filming the entire process all together. And so you're having all three crews and the actors uh, clashing together at every single moment, just trying to take control of the film while you have the director... Will Greaves just sitting sitting back, smiling, laughing, enjoying himself. Mm. Um, I love this movie a lot. <laughs> uh, and I really want to watch it again. I I was smiling and like my mind was blown the entire time. Just just how he got away with this.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good description of the film. So yeah, Symbiocycle Taxi Plasm came out in sixty eight, I think. Directed by William Greaves uh a uh, filmmaker and documentarian um uh, he, he was most known for this he also um had a show called the Black Journal which was just like a um kind of like a black news like a like a sorry he had a he had a show called the Black Journal which was like an exclusive black news uh network or channel he did a lot of stuff cool stuff in the 60s um this film is interesting because like james just said he has he's filming these was essentially t- what he's telling them test footage of all these different couples um arguing and having these very intense very personal arguments um they're actors they're not they're r- real but they're just having very intense conversations um and he is filming them, and then he wants something else filming the crew, and then he wants someone else filming, filming like everything else that's happening around them. And uh, it becomes confusing for the crew, and they're getting so like, like frustrated that they behind when the when behind closed doors behind the uh, director's back, they all are like uh, meeting up, and they're like. Is this, what the, what what the hell is going on? Is this like, does he know what he's doing? Does he know exactly what he's doing? Uh, was this all his plan all along? Is it just like he kind of knew what he was doing, but he's just kind of like in over his head and the audience is thinking that. And um, it's kind of incredible just because this black guy in 1968 had these white people running around uh, not knowing what the hell to do and then made some beautiful art from it. Um, it's also worth acknowledging that he's playing the sort of, like, character of himself or of, like, a filmmaker. He's, like, purposely and, like, aggressively misogynistic and, like, trying to get, like, filmmakers to shoot, like, shoot everything sexual. Find something that's sexual. And it's it's about sexuality and, like, uh, he's kind of making everybody uncomfortable. Um, and people are like, is he, is that a thing, too? Like, is he, is he, like, doing that on purpose? And, uh... Yeah, it's a, it's iconic in the um in the oh, cinema world.
2: I'm curious. Do you really think that he's like playing a character of himself versus like that just being him?
0: I think that's cuz that's kind of like especially from like the reading I've done um afterwards is like that's kind of like he's not like that in anything else. Um and it, it was also said, I don't know if it was said in the film or like um in interviews afterward but they were like saying that like he acts different when the camera's on in that film
1: yeah yeah uh-huh. i was about to say that there they said it a few times um in their like discussions about him and about the whole project and how he just like completely switches character as soon as the camera starts rolling
0: and he's like wearing the same outfit all the time like these are days and days and days he's wearing the same exact outfit and like uh i don't know they I, yeah the the i i do think like you know i'm sure he was his own way sixties problematic but he was like i i feel like there's probably he was trying to make a statement there, um not to say he probably didn't have his own you know patriarchal views in his own nineteen sixty eight man way, but um it seemed kind of intentional right. at least in my opinion um sonny what 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 haven't heard much from you. What uh <laughs> what is your take on this this uh this experience? I feel like it's an experience and I feel like uh I don't know, they showed it to us in film school and I feel like a lot of filmmakers should aspiring filmmakers should see it just to you know just learn how like film can be pushed. Yeah, I
2: have, I have a few thoughts about it because on one hand, I'm very interested in the idea of like viewing things from multiple lenses like that is also something I've tried to play with in my own like filmmaking writing uh theater work too of like okay here's the subject which is interesting but then there's also the the process that feels more interesting and then to understand how the whole world affects things it also feels like uh to me a correlation with like double consciousness of like knowing that you're a person, a soul inside of a body. um, And then now you're a black person. And now you're a black person in America. And the way that people see you is not the way that you're going to see yourself the way that the whole world sees the situations that you're in is probably not the same way that you're going to see those things. And so to me, that's kind of what that third lens is, is the the consciousness that's like, Oh, did you notice the cops pulled up just because there's this one black man and here's a group of white people asking for the paperwork and they have it all but like, why (laughs) like why did where did this begin and it happened a few times um and, and also to the point of this being a thing he kept saying about sex and sexuality but it feels like more of a conversation about power and maybe communication um because like within the test couples like it feels like there's these queer men who are in relationship with women as beards, essentially, and they're trying to just like push them away. Um, like the first woman was essentially being gaslit by this man. Um, <laughs> the whole time he's like, you just you don't understand what you're talking about. This is exactly what's going on. And she's like, I can see, I'm watching the way that you interact with other people. I watch the way you interact with me. And then for her to step off stage and try to have those conversations with uh, the director and he pushes her aside to also only talk to the men feels, yeah, more more about that misogynistic power quality than it did um, about sex and sexuality, Um, but also, like how those two things are connected like what does what is the difference between like um a gay uh relationship and a hetero relationship or like between like a bisexual man and his preference between um women and uh men or how he just interacts with them differently um and to the point of communication i'm just also curious about like when everybody's lost and they're like, is this what he wants? Is this what's happening? Um, He's not really telling us anything. Um, Like that's a conversation that you hear between directors a lot is like, how much do you want to direct people? Who is just like looking for the thing to spark inspiration so they can put the puzzle pieces together themselves? and yeah, and and that kind of feels like what the goal was is just to have a bunch of puzzle pieces. So by the time we get to editing, it's piecing together what that what the story does for itself, and trying to like naturally let it unfold while he's like prompting in certain directions. But yeah, it feels less sexy <laughs> <laughs> and more just like manipulative um, of trying to mold something without like having a. a a spoken vision about it. Um, trying to like mold together multiple consciousness, I guess, multiple perspectives on the piece. Um, yeah. Cause he himself isn't the head editor, but he's still the assistant editor. So it's like, even on the back end, like he still has some say, even though he's asking everybody else to like put their lens on it. And it's still his lens. That is like the one that makes the final word on everything. He's
1: in the, he's in the cutting room for sure. Yeah. To that point, like the entire time I was comparing, um, what people were saying about him during the process to what people say about like David Lynch, uh, in the sense of like you have two directors who are completely, you know, they have an idea of what they want in their heads and they rarely tell anybody what it is. They just kind of give like very vague directions and just like, all right, go. Um, and just seeing seeing the response and like comparing it to, like that one older actor, um, how he was treating how he was treating Will Greaves and how he kept trying to like put in his own input and try to like do all these really kind of rude and kind of rude quips the whole time to try to make it seem at to try to like belittle the entire thing and I was always I was just wondering how it would be with with another type of director that wasn't a black man um, and how how that relationship would change and where you have like an already established person who's known for making like I guess, quote-unquote, weird, surreal, different, off-putting type of work, um, who's also a white man versus uh, versus a, a black man, a black creator, and what, that, what type of expectations people are looking for in that.
2: I was just going to say, I think we talk about white mediocrity a lot, and, like, how much uh, these Tom, Dick, and Harrys can, like, just have an idea and get away with it, and, like, there's so much money and attention that gets pumped in because you trust that this person is a genius and, and then what? <laughs> it's like, like Elon Musk uh, himself is. I was really up about to say that. Problems, yeah. Um, he comes up with all the problems. He's like, in fifty years, this is gonna be everything that everybody's doing. This is gonna be the way that things work. And it's like he's trying to set up tools for a world that he is projecting that none of us actually live in. And because he's just like some good-looking white dude—not my words, but. Um, <laughs> like make make sure told, you clarify like, that. Yeah, not me, but other people think that he is uh, an attractive person that you just go along with. It's like the pretty privilege along Ugh. with his white privilege. Um,
0: that motherfucker ugly. So
2: yeah, it's it, but let a black person do that. <laughs> let somebody who like has uh, a vision for something and it just maybe not as articulate um, as like prescribing what it is that they're asking for, because that's not the process that they're going through. But that process isn't valued for this person for somebody else. Um, and I think also to have, like, all of these white people putting their lens and critique and uh, ideas onto this person, when it feels like that's exactly what he's trying to do, is to kind of, like, provoke you into, like, how would you respond to me if I was acting in the way that other people I see act as? Um, so, yeah, that just. Is-
0: yeah, no, fuck that. Fuck, like, like that idea of just, like, yeah, 100% that if on set, like, they'd be, like, if it was some white dude, be like, oh, yeah, he's really smart. Well, uh, here's one thing. That actor treated him like shit. To the other crew's credit, like, a lot of them, like, you can see in those, in the parts where they're alone with each other, like, they all, they all like this man like, they all, and they all respect this man, so they're just like, what the fuck is going on, and the fact that they're, like, having, like, that, that woman's really, like, that lady was really, go like, defending this guy, and also didn't like the way they were talking to her, that was like, damn, that is, this is the 60s, bruh, like, they were talking to her crazy, um, men were just on some shit, um, yeah, um, Ha, uh, what what's your take on like first of all sunny i think that's like a good point like i think your point is like right on with like the like the whole power thing and i think that whole aspect of like sex as a power thing and getting them to record this sec- like that that 100% is part of that um was that quote that's like everything is about sex except for sex sex is about power whatever mm. um so yeah i feel like that's in there um Yeah, I don't know, and it was just, like, weird, it's just, it's crazy that he was allowed to make this, too, just, like, it's just, it's so fucking weird, like, weirder than just, like, Sorry to Bother You or something, like, just the fact that they have these, like, middle-aged white people arguing about abortions and stuff, like, what the, what?
2: I mean, have you watched uh, Nathan for You or the rehearsal?
0: No, literally, but, like, those are real people um
2: (laughs) but still it's like hbo just gave this man a million dollar budget to say figure some shit out and even like as it keeps falling apart through his processes he's just like well i'm just gonna slap money onto it and say that this was the job like the job is never to actually be good at something but just to like present that this dude came in with a bunch of nonsense and isn't that nonsensical in itself um so I don't know, it feels like absurdism <laughs> is its own genre, but like sometimes absurdism is to like prove a point and then there's just like being absurd just to be absurd. And uh that's where you lose me.
0: Oh, so someone doesn't like Nathan for you?
2: I I enjoy it. I think it's fun.
0: <laughs> I love Nathan for you. The end of the rehearsal I heard is does get a little like whatever. Um, but I haven't seen it only saw the beginning. That's what I've heard. Um, uh, how do we feel about, first of all, who was our favorite couple? <laughs> I like the lady, I don't have a favorite couple, but my favorite actress was the lady who got pissed at him and, like, walked off set.
2: Yeah, I'm like, her and that other dude feel like they were the most consistent, so I guess they're the ones who, I guess just, that's like, true. out to me the most.
1: That's true. How do we feel about the guy they talked to at the end? I don't know. I felt like maybe and maybe it was just because it was just this type of thing but it felt just very abrupt like it felt like it there i definitely love that they kept it in there but i i don't know it felt like a very strange way to end it out only because it just happened all at once and like of course there's nothing nothing else that necessarily led to it or that came out of it it was just like this conversation that happened um but it was a it was a really it was a really intriguing topic, and I feel like I've had conversations like that a lot, just just on the street. Um, I don't know. It was a it was a really intriguing conversation, and I I had wondered about like like I wonder if maybe they they paid him for it because I I always think about like that sort of that sort of a uh, not exploitation, but in a way, yeah, exploitation where you have like It is. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you have you know people coming up and you're essentially making maybe content is the wrong word but like you're making something out of out of this altered this interaction and then you're probably never going to see this person again so I don't know I just I hope he got at the very least I hope he got paid for that because it's it feels feels like there's way too much of a chance for him to be painted in the wrong light especially especially, like, thinking about New York in that time, you know? Yeah, he probably wasn't paid. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that he wasn't.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I feel
2: like, um, I don't remember the details of the conversation, but from what I do remember, it feels like um, part of this idea of perception and what people actually are and hold um, comes mixed in with this person because it's like he has a whole life story (laughs) you know like (laughs) he has places that he's traveled things that he's learned and like right off the back you might think that he's crazy quote unquote and you may just like brush him off but like the more that you talk to him the more you realize that his lived experiences speak to a larger part of like a human experience and a human consciousness And he just kind of like spews it, but also like he has this very flirtatious nature with him because it's something about like wanting to be connected to people and like um, (laughs) feeling different types of connections all at the same time and not uh, holding back anything to them. It feels like very unfiltered um, emotion and stream of thought. Um, And that feels like it comes from, When you have no walls, when you no longer care about uh, perception, because like there's no privacy, there's no private place for you to like hold all your thoughts, hold all your urges and feelings. Like, any chance that you get is the time to like exude yourself because when else would it be? Like, every person you meet feels like it's very in passing. So, like, what is the impact that you can leave? What can you say that, like, uh, feels like it actually draws some sort of connection, like you can drop a nugget or you could maybe gain something. Like, you know, to get to get hit on uh, by the cat callers of the streets constantly is always a bit scary, but to them it's like, what if it works, you know? <laughs> like, what if this is the one person who's actually just gonna respond to my human urges? And like, that's uh, <laughs> gross, but at the same time, uh, it's like you could kind of see where the thoughts are coming from. And so that's what it feels like ending on him is about. It's just like, here's a person who is just like telling you everything that's on their mind. And he's trying to, get, trying to capture people, like, um, their background thoughts, the conversations that they're having on screen. And then what do they think about it off screen? How do they interact with us about the telling of the stories? What does that say about them? And then what about this person who has no idea what's going on and it's just literally <laughs> being themselves and actually offering all of the thoughts and participating in the conversation without being prompted it's like that's kind of what he was looking for other people to do and then here's somebody who actually did it
1: yeah that was the that was the one true time where i was really just wondering like what what's what's going on in in head right now like is this are you interacting with this man as like you, William Greaves, or are you interacting with this man as a director trying to figure out what like how you're gonna how you're gonna view this uh, later on in the editing room, how this could be a part of your film? Or like what you could do to interact with this man? It
2: feels like both. Yeah. And that's why he captures the whole thing, because it's like who knows what we're gonna get out of this conversation, but we'll find out in the post.
0: Um is he a genius, William Greaves?
2: Does he have the savant syndrome gene?
0: Um, I'll say yeah. That's some pretty like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my man was on some shit. Shout out William Greaves. Um. I don't know. And I also feel like this film is one of those films (laughs) that, like, you show to people who are in film school or something, and it always, like, like, it's it's old, but, like, it awakes something new in people as, like, filmmakers, I feel like. You just, like, see something in it, and you're like, huh, this is something, and, like, you want to talk about it. Um, And you want to, it's one of those films where you're like, huh, I know what this film, huh? Do you guys know what this movie is? I know this movie. Yeah. Um. So uh, look it up and watch it I think it's on HBO um, Because uh, then you can tell your friends That you know this weird movie About uh, meta uh, uh, narratives and shit it Took place in 1968 I cannot emphasize enough This took place in 1968 A very, very, very <laughs> political year
1: I just want to say, also, how brave he is to make this type of project, knowing that like it's all it's all on film, it's all finite. There's a very slight chance that something's gonna fall apart, and so many things fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> but just the That's fact fun. that he's gonna capture all of this on film, on tape, and it's just it's just gonna happen, and it is what it is is such a like and- brave thing to do,
0: and risk his like reputation. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: because <laughs> like he looks like an asshole. Um, and, like, it could have just, like, a, he could have just got to the edit and, A, like, you know, equipment there was a lot of equipment failures, so, like, shit could have not been, ex- shit could have got exposed, or, like, you know, it could have just all been for nothing, and everybody was just pissed at him. Um, and I think that's part of, yeah, that's part of the, the heart of it, is that, like, he was taking this crazy risk, and I don't know if all of those people liked him afterwards, uh, but it's fine. Who cares? So- Where are they? I don't know. <laughs> Sonny's like people matter. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm like, I always yeah. feel bad if working relationships ruin real relationships.
0: Yeah, and it's always awful, but like, you know. I feel like those it might have been one of those things where like I mean, I don't know. I I don't I have to see if interviews later, but it might have been one of those things where like people were mad until they saw the film and they were like, nah, okay. But they were still annoyed about the whole situation. But they were like, alright. What were the reviews
2: like for this film?
0: Um. If anybody knows. Well, well, I can look up reception right here. Well, I mean it's on Criterion Collection, like. Um, and it was like it was like praised in the New York Times, I believe. During its
2: time or later.
0: Yes. I believe. Uh. I mean it's definitely something that's gotten a lot more like praise uh as it's gotten older. Um but I don't think uh like it like it, it it's always gotten like good praise from like the people who have seen it. I think it's one of those things where like it hasn't really it, that's the other thing like it wasn't a huge huge movie but like out, like outside of the film community like your general audience knows like documentaries like you know, like super size me or something like that, but they're not gonna know not all of them know, like casting John Danae or something like that. So, um it's not gonna reach that demographic, but um it's definitely like a classic amongst like people who like high art. And yeah, it's got that cra- they always they're always talking about it in Criterion Collection. Um like Blackstar does like William Greaves seminars. Um He's got, he's, we got, we, we, we respect the name of William Grease in this house. Word. All right, well, I don't have anything else to say about this. Y'all should just watch it. It's one of those things where, like, you should just watch. Watch that shit. It's not even that long. Coward.
2: Like, you learned anything from it?
0: Um... I think, honestly, it just more, like, it was, for me, it was more of, like, an educational thing for, like, I don't know, just, like, different ways of making a narrative and, like, making a compelling movie and, like, I don't know, I was engaged in something very confusing and very, like, hectic and it's very just, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and it's not for everybody, but, um, I don't know, I'd like with everything... Or, like, with a lot of stuff that I bring here, it's just I'm more excited about, like, a new way of approaching something. Um, And, uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's... (laughs) There's nothing I, like, take away more, like, as, like, learned, but, like, I like the messages that are in there, especially what you've described.
2: James,
1: what about you? Yeah, I I think... I don't know if it was necessarily so much as I learned anything new from it, so much as I just, like, found a whole new appreciation for, like, the filmmaking process and just how much yes. goes into even just, like, the smallest the smallest indie film and how much uh, planning or not planning or just improvisation makes a world of a difference and how much, like, preparation is needed. Because, like, even in, like, the few short films and things that I did either in school or outside of it, like, the... I've always <laughs> not hated the process, but just like the the actual production of making of making a movie can just be so taxing, but like just the idea of it sucks. Of, yeah, but like at the same time there's it's still such a beautiful process and like one of my favorite scenes was watching all of those kids come up just to like they don't know what's going on, but they just want to they just want to see, you know, they see a bunch of people with cameras and they want to see <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. like a, a movie's happening.' It's, it's an exciting thing.
0: I love that part. I love those little little, little black kids.
1: <laughs> but then also how many of those kids, you know, went into into movie making or just like really got interested in movies in that sense? I don't know. That part was maybe the, the, the best, the best thing about about it all for me.
2: I was going to say, but even to that, there was like kids in there who were like, "I'm not going to be around next year to see this come out." Um, and that's what felt, like, really sad to me and, like, part of why I was included, I assume, just because at what point do you, like, s- not see a future for yourself? Um, like, what is it that their everyday circumstances are that are telling them that they won't make it to see a movie next year? Um, yeah, and, like, like what does, <laughs> if you were a grown person, if you grew up with that mindset and keep getting surprised every year that you keep making it, because believe me, that's me, I'm like, cool. I thought I was living life to a hundred because I thought it was going to end a lot sooner than it is. So I don't understand. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you get to that point, then you really start to like uh, allow yourself to like philosophize. Then you're like, well, what started this? Like what's really going on? What do people really see? Then I don't know. That That's what was really interesting to me about adding that in there. Um, but what do I feel like I learned? I feel like I keep learning that people really want very clear, prescriptive instructions. Um, As much as people want to be very creative and like say that they want to do whatever they want, they truly don't. (laughs) People want to be told what to do. And if you have an idea like this, where it is still to capture all of the process, then I'm like, you still got to let somebody know exactly what's going on, so that way they can help shape it in that way. Because guerrilla filmmaking, it just takes a lot of... A lot of resources, a lot of energy, and it's still going to, like, put a lot of pressure in you at the very, very end to, like, just make something out of the thing that's happening. So I'm like, I feel like you got to have something. (laughs) Something a little tighter than just sex and sexuality to hold on to.
0: Absolutely. And I guess (laughs) to all the filmmakers out there, if you're listening, if you're listening and you're young and stupid... um, uh any fuck up that happens on set uh is your fault and uh you don't just just be careful the the people get in big trouble about uh like i don't know there's there, there's a lot of there's a lot of legality in film that you don't know about until you 're like in it and uh yeah people like you know haven 't eaten and all that stuff don't do that shit make sure people eat make sure people aren't hot or cold. Jesus Christ. Stop doing that dumb shit. Anyway, get guys all your get all your permits or like, you know, if you don't get a permit, get, just don't shoot somewhere where people are going to get arrested. Don't put your crew in danger. It's your film's not that cool, I promise.
2: It'll be much cooler when you get a
0: budget. It'll be much cooler if people aren't arrested or hurt. Or pissed off and hate you. Don't let people hate you afterwards. Do not. It's not worth it. Final thoughts, just on the movie in general. Like, like, recommend. You know, have any like, just like, what this left you with. What you. What what what's your what's your final? I don't know. You know what I'm saying. Damn it. Sure, sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um I I can't recommend enough. I I keep telling all my all my friends and all my film people about this movie. Um and it's I I love when people play around with the idea of a narrative and sort of try to break that mold of a narrative and what and what even can be acknowledged as a film. Um and it's again just so wild to me that they're doing all of this stuff that like now you have your, you know, your Nathan for use and all these people who are, who are like praise is like breaking the mold with with these types of things when like we've been <laughs> we've been doing this in the sixties. Like everything. Black, every, black people doing, doing everything everything, first. everything. No matter what. It's all was always one of us at the at the very beginning. And I think that's I think that's beautiful. Uh and so great. So I can't recommend it enough. I'm probably gonna watch it again just to see what else I can get out of it.
0: My dad texted me that black people in the Simpsons predict everything. Well this has been David and Sonny and James. James, one more time, where can we find you?
1: Uh, J-C-I-Z-L-A-R on Instagram, uh, jamesislar.com. Shoot, if you've got Letterbox, J-C-I, uh, show me those reviews. <laughs>
0: Yo, I need more people on Letterbox. I got Letterbox and I don't be using it. I need to go on Letterbox more. Fuck all these social media platforms. But hopefully, let's, let's just hope the Nazis don't go to Letterboxd. Get a, I'm sure there's a 4chan out there for them somewhere. Yeah, they got a letter box that are just like all over the new Black Panther are just
1: like, L, 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 L. Nah, I'm going to deal with them personally. Let's all, yeah.
0: Okay, no, one more thing of advice, just because we're in this moment. And we don't have to put this in here. Um, if one of your homies is like, yeah, you know, I think, you know, honestly, Ye's on some, uh, he's kind of smart, you know. If you really think about, just start fighting. Just start swinging. Just start swinging. No arguing. Just start Just start committing violence. No, 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 not this Black History Month. If someone's humoring, if one of your homies is humoring some Nazi shit, just fight them real quick. They'll be fine. It's okay. Listen, your friend will be better knowing that you love them and you don't want them to be a Nazi. Be like, hey man, I love you. I gotta beat the shit out of you because you're on some Nazi shit. Thanks for listening, y'all. We got one more episode coming up after this, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, love you. Bye.